Hello and welcome everybody to episode four of Raking Coals, a ministry podcast focused on talking about ministries within the local church in order to be able to focus on unifying better the universal church. I am Cody Haggard, one of your hosts, and with me as always is Josh Fauzi. Hello. We hope that each and every person had a great new year. We are in our post-new year season. We are launching our 2019 of the E43 Collective or the E43 Collective. And so for those of you who do not know, you can find out about our initiative, our ministry initiative that we have called the E43 Collective at e43collective.com. That is e43collective.com, where you can find out more about raking coals, more about myself, more about Josh. But without any further ado, we are going to get into our main topic for today, where we are going to be discussing the problem of busyness or battling busyness, because we have noticed within our own lives that it is easy to have a full schedule. It is easy to get very busy. It is easy to feel burnt out at the end of each and every week. And we're talking about people getting involved in ministry and doing things within their local church. So how do we battle busyness in our everyday lives in order to be able to effectively minister for Christ to the best of our ability? So Josh, I'm going to start off by asking you this one question. Have you ever been so busy that you have no idea what you're going to do to get out of the mess. Yes. I, I, I can think of times in college, um, working, doing ministry, going to school full-time, and then trying to keep up with everything. And there's only so many hours in one day that you sit and you wonder, how am I going to finish everything? But... With that being said, I'm a single guy. You are a married man with kids. I can only imagine how your schedule is. Yeah, I definitely get busy sometimes. I have lived the last three years of my life working full-time in manufacturing, working part-time within the church, and going through seminary part-time while being married starting off with one child and then a second child came came upon us very quickly after that. My wife was was very very pregnant when I started seminary. She was about 8 months pregnant when I started. And so had two and then another and it's busy. There's a lot going on. But Josh, has there ever been times in your life? I know there have been for me where I felt burnt out and I've just wanted to quit and I wake up in the morning and I'm like I just hope you know, for some miracle, like maybe it'll have snowed so bad that everything in my life just cancels on me or, or something crazy like that. You ever been there? Yes. <laughs> um, well, I mean, burnout is such a real thing in our society when it comes to just how busy we make ourselves. Um, I know there have been many days where I've woken up for work and gone, should I just call off? <laughs> I mean, um, but I like it's not just career. It's not just like family stuff, but you see burnout a lot in churches nowadays. And I've experienced it. Uh, Cody, I'm sure you have. And a lot of people I know have experienced where they they almost no, it's not almost they don't want to go and do ministry stuff. 
they don't want to take the time because they're just so tired. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people like that. I have been in similar situations myself. For me more so, I find that I I love doing stuff. I love getting involved and I am naturally a yes man. If someone asks me to do something, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, I'd love to do that. And before you know it, I'm having conversations with my wife and she's like, well, what about this? And what about this? And you know, you haven't seen the kids all week. And so there have been ups and downs in my time in ministry. And I would say right now at my point in life, I am at the best place I've ever been as far as balancing schedule goes. But it was a journey to get there. It was a lot of learning. These are things that really matter. These are things that don't. And there will be a time in life where I can do said things, whether it's getting more involved in weeknight ministries at church. You can only spend so many weeknights away from your family when you have a growing family. You can only spend so many weeknights away from your wife when you have a wife or vice versa if you have a husband. And sometimes we get so busy and we we write it up, especially in ministry, as doing it for the glory of God. And then by the end of the day, you realize maybe because you're too tired or maybe because the people who really matter in your life aren't getting enough love, you have to ask, is God really being glorified by my actions? Because maybe I'm grouchy or maybe my loved ones aren't getting my effort. And so that's kind of what we want to talk about today is battling busyness. And Josh, what are some things that you've done in your life to try to battle busyness and avoid burnout? So the two biggest things that I've done is, number one, I've gotten a planner, and I use it. Um, I actually have a couple of them, one for work and one for the rest of my life. And um, just writing things down, I have found, really helps me not only visualize my schedule, but when someone asks me a request that I do something, I can look at that and tell them either when's the earliest I'll be able to get it done with everything else I have going on or whether or not I can do it. And like I write it down physically on a like an actual paper planner, but I know a lot of people use uh, calendar apps and reminder apps and stuff like that. But just taking the discipline and writing out your schedule and just like it, it also helps me set priorities up. And the other thing that I've done is uh, about two years ago, I want to say, I, I really took a step back from everything, reevaluated what are the important things for me to be doing. Where do I know God wants me to be at? Where can I be the most effective? And then what's important? And I, I mean, I know a lot of people questioned why I was stepping away from some of the things I was stepping away from. Um, but for me, it was I in order for me to do what I know I need to do and to do it well, I had to really just put my foot down and say, I can't do these things they might be great things they might be great activities or ministries or lots of other things but it's i need to be focused on the stuff that's over here on my right hand side 
instead of the stuff that's over here on the left. And um, I find a lot of people are too afraid of how they're either going to look or how people are going to treat them to actually do that. And like for me, it was to the point where I had something going on almost every single day in regards to church or hanging out with friends or like consistently every night I was out and I was doing something and it was draining mentally, physically, emotionally. It was just draining. And I was finding myself not wanting to participate in a lot of things and really getting like my patience was really wearing thin in a lot of places. So I, I took the, I, I took the time I sat back and I said, I need to change something and I need to, I need to, I need to streamline what I'm doing so that my focus is more focused. Yeah. And I can definitely say from being an outsider looking in and kind of seeing where that transition started to happen in your life, definitely even saw a happier Josh, uh, a happier. Now, Josh is always a happy guy. He's always happy-go-lucky, but I saw energy in him. He didn't seem as tired all the time, and you did get a better job when it that's, came to hours as well. That's true, but at the same time, like I was working twice as many hours at the new job, where the, the old job, it was part-time consistently, full-time at best, where this was a consistent full-time schedule. And the other job, I, even if I worked a full-time shift... I was out by noon, where this I'm getting home at like six, seven o'clock at night. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, and and I kind of got to a similar point as well, just just a few months ago for me, and just to kind of share where where I was at and what was going on in life. I was so busy; there was so much going on. And I was just not myself. I was grumpy. I was tired. I was coming home and just stressed out. I was worried. I was anxious. And we're going to talk a little about worry and anxiety uh, because we're, we're actually going to point to a passage of scripture that talks about peace and how busyness can keep us from having any peace. So I was doing a lot. I was working overtime hours. I was involved in two seminary classes. I was involved in ministry and church. And I was a father and a husband. And it was, none of it was going very well. Going to work every day, you're stuck, right? You're stuck in those 10 hours of a day of work because that's what you have to do. That's what puts food on your table. That's your responsibility. You sign up for that when you take a job. You can't really cut back there. And so I kind of had a breakthrough where my wife and I were talking one day and I had gotten so behind in one seminary class, Hebrew, which anybody who's out there who's ever taken a foreign language, you know how tough foreign languages are. Biblical Hebrew is extremely hard it just so so hard and it was something I couldn't put the time in every single day and I had gotten behind in the class so I decided that you know I got to pray about this I got to figure out what's going on because this is stressing me out I'm getting home and that's all I can think about 
I'm thinking about how many hours am I going to have to be up tonight in order to finish this stuff and then be dead tired the next day and do it all over again. And it was terrible. It was causing me stress. It was causing me anxiety. It was causing me worry. I did not enjoy a single day. And so talking with my wife, it was like, I I think I got to cut this class. As much as I don't want to cut the class because it slows down the pace of seminary for me, I just juggling two classes at one time and all that's going on in life was too much. So that's what I decided to do. And from that day forward, I can say I was a different person at home. I was a different person at work. I was a different person within my ministry. I had energy. I wasn't worried all the time. I was able to have some downtime, which I think is extremely important for us as people. The Lord himself took a day out of creating and a day to rest um, to exemplify for us that rest is a good thing. It's good to take a break every once in a while. And so for me, I just found that was a great, great choice to make. I had peace. I had joy. I had a lot of good feelings after that. And I think that that's an important thing, not to overload your schedule to the point of all you're thinking about is what you have to do next. And I think sometimes we can get so involved in things, whether it's extracurriculars or even ministries, ministries which we claim to be very good things because they are, because in and of themselves, doing ministry is a good thing. But if you're doing so much to the point of where you're stressed and worried and anxious and not even thinking about the things in life that really matter, your relationships, your family, your friends, if those things are going by the wayside just to do, 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 then you're probably making a mistake and your ministries are actually going to take a hit for that. Yeah, I think it's really important to understand that a person can only do so much. And um, a lot of times we will push ourselves to exert more than what we're putting in, if you want to put it that way. Um, I mean, people do it all the time. They drive tired. Uh, They go to work and they're beat. Um, I know where I used to work, we worked early shifts and it was very detail focused and people miss things. People would drop the ball and you, you could tell who was more susceptible to it because you had people who were juggling four or five different things, working two jobs, going to school, having a family and, um, and all of those things are great. Um, and in a lot of cases, a lot of them needed to do that. Um, but we have, I mean, us as human beings being very, I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to fail. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to a book right now. It's not a, not a Christian book. Um, but, uh, the guy's talking about negotiating and how we put such a higher value on not failing than we do on succeeding. And we will, I mean, I, I've done it where I've been involved in probably five, six ministry leadership teams at a time and being part, being a part-time volunteer, not even a full-time staff person and not like, I know I'm not, I wasn't able to put 
all of my focus and all of my energy and the energy that was required and the focus that was required to make sure that they were successful. And, um, and if I do it, I know a lot of other people do it. And we, I mean, as churches, I, we do so much and not to be cliche, but the, the 80, 20 rule really applies when it comes to ministry. I mean, if you guys haven't heard of it, the 80-20 rule is um, of of a church's congregation being 100%. 80% will just come on Sunday, listen to a sermon and leave, and 20% of your congregation, the same 20% of your congregation, is doing almost all the ministry work. And, I mean, you think about that. If 2 out of 10 people who go to your church are doing 80% of the work... I should explain that a little bit better. 20% of your church congregation is doing 80% of the work of the right. church. Um, so, I mean, theoretically, if you had 100 ministries, you'd have one person, or you'd have two people in eight ministries. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what's called the Pareto Principle. It's a a very well-known principle if you're involved in any type of leadership, whether it's business leadership, whether it's uh, ministry leadership, because it's actually a problem. And it's a leadership problem where as leaders, a lot of times, say you listen to this podcast right now, you lead a ministry, or you're thinking about leading a ministry, the temptation is going to be to do as much as you possibly can in that ministry to involve yourself because you know how you're going to do it. You know you're going to do a good job. You know you're going to follow through. You know you're going to do it the way that you think it needs to be done. But the problem is when you don't delegate, when you don't power more people, then you fall into the Pareto principle where you have a small amount of workers doing a large amount of the work and that causes stress, that causes busyness, that doesn't have to be. Where the church is about empowering as many members and believers who are willing, right? Because we're all called to do ministry. And the ones who step up and want to do it, yes, Jesus wants you to do the stuff that you exercise your gifts with, whether it's generosity, exhortation, teaching, encouragement, whatever your spiritual gift might be, you should be using it. And uh, just, I, I think... This is a discussion we'll probably have on a full podcast, but if you're in ministry and you have people who are working with you, find ways to give more and more people responsibilities within that ministry. Get them involved just as much as as they they can be and empower them to the maximum of their ability and and make it something to where they love being part of and they know where they're valued in. I think it's important to to understand that as a leader you're ultimately responsible. So. For things and you need to set the expectations though um and like we've dealt with it when it comes to just you 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 delegated something to somebody and they either follow through or they don't and if they don't follow through it's still on you and i i feel like as a when you're when you're involved in a ministry you wanted to succeed you do, um, but more more importantly, you don't want it to fail. 
which sound like the same exact thing, but it isn't the same exact thing. And, I mean, if you look, like, for me, I always attribute it to college and school and group projects, but you, you, I always get nervous when I give somebody something I need done because I'm the only person who knows I'm going to be able to do it. Okay. I'm not, they're, they're a wild card at that point. Um, and I mean, it's trying to figure out the right way to say this. It's extremely frustrating when you don't have, okay, I'm a, I'm, I'm a person who likes control. So for me not to have the control and not to actually do something, it, it gives me anxiety a little bit. Um, but that being said, I mean, I can only do so much. So there, there will be a time where I have to delegate. And for me, yeah, I might have anxiety, but it's better than me trying to juggle 15 hats at the same time and dropping all 15. Yeah, and kind of what brought this topic on for us was a couple weeks ago in church, actually a week ago from today, I got the opportunity to preach and I got the opportunity to preach on peace. And the go-to peace passage in the Bible is Philippians 4. And just to read it to you guys, here's here's what I preached out of. I preached through from 6 through 9, where the Bible says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So a couple things about that passage that I want to just state is, number one, the importance of prayer that is laid out there. It started off by saying, don't be worry, don't worry or be anxious about anything, but through everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. I forgot um, to say with thanksgiving there as well. But I'm not going to go through and, and preach this whole passage to you, but the importance of prayer. And as I thought about this, I, I thought about what are the things in life that make us anxious and what are the things that cause us to worry? And I think a lot of times in my own life is what's going on with my kids what's going on with my work, what's going on with my uh, classwork, my graduate school work, what's going on with my ministry. And there's a lot of things in life that I worry about and get anxious about that I voluntarily invite into my life. And so while we are striving for peace as Christians and, and that peace of God which surpasses all understanding, which is the idea that, right, you can have peace in Jesus because you know how it's all going to end. You know that if you're a Christian, you're a believer, ultimately you do have peace with God and you have eternal life in front of you. You have a, a life that is saved. You have redemption. You can have peace in that. All the things that are worries of this world don't have to bog you down. But also at the same time, as I thought about this further and as the week went on, 
We don't have to add to our lives things that cause us stress, anxiety, and worry that we don't need to do. So if that means doing too many ministries or too many jobs or too many sports or too many dance classes or whatever it is that we consume our life with and too many groups, too many projects, it is something that causes stress in our lives and it can cause worry and anxiety because it's another thing that's on our mind. We should definitely pray about it, but through those prayers, God might very well tell us it's time to cut back. And and that is where where I kind of began thinking, and, and I mentioned it to Josh, and so we decided to talk about battling busyness because I think it's hard to have peace when you're so, so busy. I, and, and that kind of ties into um, a previous episode that we did where we mentioned talking to other churches. And one way that, as a church you can kind of manage busyness is making sure that number one, you define what your priorities are and you kind of communicate that to your congregation. Say, this is what we want to focus on. And if it's not a priority, coordinate with another church, find another church that where, yeah, it's something you want to do, but it's not one of the, like the top five things that you need to do. Find a church where, that's what they need to do. And if anybody in your congregation wants to help out with it, send them send them to go help out with the other church. Okay? Not as, like, just go to that other church. But, hey, we're partnering up with this ministry here. And they're going to do this. And we're going to do this. And their people are going to come here and work with us. And our people are going to go there and work with them. And we're going to kind of use our strengths and leverage them. So that we're the more we're more effective, um, and I know a lot of people are thinking, well, that's so much easier than it actually sounds. But the reality is, is that, I mean, it is easy. It's not a hard thing to do. Like we, um, the church that I go to Sunday mornings, it's called City View. Just, I'm just gonna throw it out there, nice promo for it, whatever. But, um, but we, it does a lot of inner city ministry. And we work in a building um, that's all Section 8 subsidized housing, for, but it's only really for single moms with kids. And it's in the middle of downtown Cleveland. And something that we noticed with our ministry there was the kids weren't doing well in school. And we wanted to do a tutoring program. We really did. We had a, we had a plan. We, we put it out there to our congregation. And, they, I mean, it, it kind of... Everybody was like, yeah, that sounds great. But when we really thought about it, we didn't have the time and the resources to do it well. And um, somebody in our congregation used to go to another church. It's close to downtown Cleveland. And they've always wanted to do tutoring, but they never had an in. So we talked to them and we figured out how to work it out. Because we have access to these families and we know these people. It kind of allowed us to kind of create a, a springboard. And now we have adults from two different churches where every Wednesday night they're, they're tutoring in this building with these kids and helping them with their schoolwork. And it, it's a mutual relationship that works. And, uh, but 
the important thing that we had to do as a church was very much we had to prioritize what was what what are the things we need to do yeah there are things that we want to do but what are the things that we really need to do and what god is calling our group to do and being able to say well if we can't do it we're not going to <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that i mean a lot of people are like well you need to try and you're like but if we're not going to do it well i mean we could actually be causing more harm than good yeah and that's that's a real thing to think about now obviously if it's god's blessing and god wants this to be a success it can Nothing is impossible with God to say a cliche phrase that is somewhat out of context of, of the actual passage, but <laughs> that's right. that's a different story for a different time as well. But, but it's true. God can do anything, but at the same time, God has also given us brains, and God has also given us communities and other churches and we need to pay attention to what God's doing in all of those places because we shouldn't just say, well, we have to do this because every church does this. Maybe we think about it on the level of, are there ministries that our community's not doing that we could do well? Are there ministries that we see as a need and no one else sees it, but if we try it, it could be a success? I think there's stuff out there like that. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be creative and unique and original with every single ministry you do. But I think it is worth the challenge. I think it's worth saying, like, if we're going to make ourselves busy with something, let's make ourselves busy with something that could be extremely beneficial, that could be super high quality, that can be effective, and where our church gets to use our gifts. Because I fully believe that each local church is made up of varied members with different gifts. And I also think that there are certain churches that have more of a spiritual gift in their communities than than others. There are churches who are financially blessed, who might be full of the spiritual gift of giving, and other churches might not have that. But there could be other churches who have have the spiritual giftedness of of teaching and they've just got people they can send all over the world as great bible teachers and and there, there's there's varied gifts in churches I, I really believe that and we should seek to to use those gifts to the best of our ability because i i've also seen when you are using your gifts and you're doing the ministry that you know god's called you to do that god's put on your heart that god has put on your mind it doesn't seem like it's as much of a burden doesn't feel like it is as as difficult and when you focus in on the things that you know God's called you to I, I think you find a different joy in it you find a different uh, contentment in it and I think those are the things we should be spending our time doing and uh, yeah those are just kind of some of my thoughts and there's, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to busyness and scheduling, and there's a lot of good stuff out there Christian resource-wise and non-Christian resource-wise uh, of what you can do to manage your schedule, getting your calendar under control. I know a book that I read, non-Christian book that's really cool, it's called The One Minute Manager, and that's got a lot of good principles on on how to, how to lead and manage from a from a business perspective, but also a lot of life organizational skills. So there's a lot of good things out there, and my 
And my my thing is, is as we've, we're calling and challenging people to get involved in ministry, we're not calling and challenging you guys to do that, you guys and girls to do that, just to make yourselves more busy or just to add something else to the calendar, but really get out there, use your gifts and seek to spread the gospel, spread the love of Jesus in a way that brings you joy and peace, not just busyness and stress. And it's important to remember if you can't do something, if you don't have the time or the ability, it's okay to say no. Um, I mean, we, we have a tendency of trying to please people and it's, I've, I have personally put myself in positions where it's, you, you, you say yes because you, you, you want to please somebody or you want to, you want to say yes and you don't actually take the time and see, can I do this? And, um, and then have to come back kind of with your tail between your legs and kind of say, sorry, but I dropped the ball. This might not be the thing for me, which is also something that's fine to do. I mean, you, if, if you're not sure if it's the thing for you, try it out. If it's not, it's not. If it is, then you've just opened yourself up to another great ministry opportunity. Yeah, not to you not to mention when you commit to something and you start doing it and then you realize it's not for you. It's not a bad thing to back out and you should back out before you get too deep into it. But if you say yes to something you know you shouldn't have said yes to in the first place, it's really really embarrassing when you step out because it's like, "Oh, Sorry about that, guys, all of you who were excited about this. I just can't do it. I've been there before, mm-hmm. but God is gracious and God is good. I've never gotten people who are up in arms or vicious about it, but it is kind of embarrassing because mm-hmm. it's just a sign that I didn't know my own schedule. I didn't know my own calendar. I didn't really understand my own life. And so it is. It's kind of like putting your your head between your, your, your legs there and... <laughs> <laughs> or tail between your legs there mm-hmm. and saying, oh, well, that was embarrassing. I mean, on this topic, the, the two th- the two biblical stories that come to mind are Moses and the apostles. And how, I mean, you had one guy running and, I mean, essentially managing an entire nation of people in Moses. And, and it's just, I mean, he appointed 70 elders to kind of deal with the the smaller things so that it didn't take up his focus. And then you look at the apostles where they're running around taking care of everybody and every little issue. And it got to the point where they, they looked around and they said, we need to find other people to help. And when it comes to churches today, we, I mean, when it comes to leaders, it's fine to find other people to help. You can't do it all on your own. I had to learn that the hard way. Um, and sometimes it's it's okay to find another church to do it. And, I mean, we have a tendency of almost competing with each other. I know we've mentioned this before. Um, I know I've mentioned it in a blog post. But we're not competing against each other. We're all part of the same body. We're all part of the same family. We're all working towards the same goal. So we shouldn't be ashamed to try to try to leverage our strengths and find people who are good at our weaknesses. 
Right, right. And my final thought here, as we're kind of into our last five minutes or so, is this. The passage that we talked about with peace also says uh, this really, really cool segment that says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, this is talking about uh, on a mental level and thought, but what's really cool about it is as I researched this, one one commentator specifically uh, pointed out, Douglas Moo pointed out that these this is a general statement. These are general things. There are things that are good to put your mind on and good to be involved in your life that are both Christian-related and non-Christian-related. There are things out there that are good that if it brings you peace and contentment and fulfillment, if they're not necessarily done in the name of Jesus, it doesn't mean that they're bad. Like for a lot of people that could be exercising or being involved in in some type of hobby or or activity that just kind of gives you the opportunity to to have recreational rest and peace i think those are things that are important to think about as well that there are things in this world that obviously are god-centered that are good to have as involved in our lives and allow our minds and thoughts and activities to be consumed in those things but there are also things that might not necessarily be done with a Christian label to them, that can be good as well. And the same goes on the other side. There are things that are not Christian that are not so good for you. And there's things that are Christian that are done in the, or I should say, are done in the name of Christ that are not so good for you either. And maybe we should talk about that. I think that should be a discussion for another podcast. What are things that are done in the name of Christ that are far from actually Christian. Uh, I've got a lot of thoughts about that. Uh, so Josh, what are your closing thoughts as we're entering into our final couple minutes here? It, when it comes to just managing busyness, it's okay to be busy, but it can't be your constant. And kind of going off of what Cody's been saying is it, it's, it's perfectly fine to take a break um you see a lot of a lot of people who are leading big ministries take two weeks here and there and it's that's it's a time for them to spend reflecting and spending time with family and focusing on other things and it when you take a break and you actually reflect which as a society we don't do anymore it's there's always music playing there's always a show on there's always social media we're getting hit with information nonstop, and we need time to process and when you take a break and when you when you can actually manage what what you're doing and 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 kind of here's my focus it allows you to have some time to actually reflect and process what is going on and it gives you time to get off the front lines Go back to the rear and look at the big picture and see where are you not, where are you missing the mark? And do we have to, I mean, ministry-wise, do we have to realign what our focus is? And it's it's great to be actively doing ministry, but you have to also take the time 
and periodically reassess what you're doing. Definitely. And here we are, two guys talking about battling busyness while we have added something else to our calendars and our schedules. But what I will say from from Josh and I's uh, position here is that this is something we do at the end of the week uh, during during a late night. And for me, this fills up my cup. This is this is a uh, an energizer for me. I have a lot of fun with it. I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I don't expect that to really change. So there are things you can add to your schedule, but if it's filling you back up, that's not a bad thing. Right. As long as it's not hurting your loved ones in the process or anything like that. So closing out here, thank you so much for listening to episode four of Raking Coals, where we talked about battling busyness. If you would like to share any of this information with your friends, that would be so, so helpful for us early on in the stage of Raking Coals. You can share our website, e43collective.com. You could send them um, this podcast in a text message. We are up on Apple Podcasts now, so if you want to subscribe to us over there, if you have Apple, we encourage you to do so. That'd be great. We are working on getting things up on Google Play. I'm going to try and get that done this week. So thank you so much for listening to Raking Colts. We look forward to uh, talking to you next time on Episode 5. Hopefully you guys are having a great night and that you have a blessed week. <laughs>